This is the pop-off with Martise. So me and April had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Brian and Terry Seach, the couple who run the Center for Cryptozoological Studies and the Center for Unexplained Events in Beaver County in Pennsylvania. Now we're going to be referencing a lot of pictures, so make sure you check out the Facebook page, the pop-off with Martise, and my Twitter and Instagram, at Martisem, that's at M-A-R-T-I-S-S-E-M. You can also find all the links for Terry and Brian's pages at the description in the podcast. Enjoy the show. Okay, so we are sitting here with Brian and Terry Seach, and they run the Center for Cryptozoological Studies and the Center for Unexplained Events. Um, we were just down in your library, and it was amazing. It was awesome. I'm going to be showing pictures on the Facebook page, the pop-off with Martise. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Martise M. So you'll be able to see pictures of some of the stuff that we took. Now, I guess, like, how did you guys get started in this? Uh, you go first. <laughs> Ladies first. How did we get started in this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we both got hit in the heads. And the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up actually around the corner from here, and I was in junior high. And we were out on the the kids neighborhood kids. We were out on the street playing, and my dad was out with us. It was about evening, towards dusk. We had seen this. It was in that direction, a cylindrical craft going across the sky. I don't know what direction. North to south, I think. Um, and my dad said that it was strange that he'd never seen anything like that. It didn't look like a plane. It didn't make any noise. It wasn't a helicopter. He couldn't figure out what it was. Well, my one friend, Carla, who lived at the end of the street on the corner, she's the same age and was in the same grade as Brian. Sat in front so of me, yeah. she ran home to call him because she knew he was interested in this stuff. This is before we even met. Wow. So he wanted to come over and check things out, but it, I guess it was getting dark and he wasn't allowed to come over. I was younger than too. I was younger than. Him. I mean. So um, it wasn't until when did we meet? '84. After we had started dating, and were we dating or were we married when we started? Realized, we were married. When we, we realized married, yeah. we started talking about this stuff, realized we were interested in it, and I told him about my experience, and he said, "Carla called me about that." He knew about the experience I had from a mutual friend. Yeah, actually, actually, me and my friend, uh, my best friend Kent at the time, we actually came over the next day, and we hiked those woods down where it flew over. We didn't find anything, but uh-huh. it was kind of like our my first semi investigation, <laughs> yeah. But we didn't find anything, you know. But uh, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. But I had grown up. I was interested <clears throat> in watching all those documentaries in the seventies. Um, in search of that I oh book. my gosh when I was a little girl I'd go to my grandma's house and I watched that show religiously and then I'd get scared <laughs> of course but you know I don't know if it was Leonard Nimoy or just the subject matter <laughs> but yeah that was such a great show but I had also seen The Legend of Boggy Creek when I was younger that scared me when I watched it the first time <laughs> And that's kind of, well, basically almost the same thing as her, as I grew up uh, 
watching that. You guys remember Chiller Theater? I'm sure you. you yeah, know, you probably yes. do. <laughs> yes. I think we're closer to the same. Chilly, Billy, Cardilly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I grew up watching the monsters and the aliens, and so I started getting in, in, interested in UFOs first. And at the time in the 70s, there was UFO, uh, what is it, official UFO, Saga UFO. There was a lot of UFO mm-hmm. magazines on the newsstand back then. It was really big. So I start collecting them. And then I watched, uh, it was a documentary on TV, which they didn't have too many of them back then. It was called The Mysterious Monsters. Uh-huh. It had Bigfoot, the Yeti, and the Loch Ness Monster. And then I was hooked. So I start, you know, researching as much as I can about about Bigfoot and strange mm. creatures because that interested me even more than UFOs. And one of them also was uh, unsolved. Well, well, unsolved mysteries came later. It was Leonard Nimoy at first. Oh yeah. And then and later in the eighties it was unsolved mysteries. Robert and then, Stack. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and that was awesome. Um, the, one of the bigger ones lately in the last 10, 15 years was Monster Quest, which mm. is one of the premier to me the premier documentary style on history on, channel on cryptids. Yeah. yeah, it's better than like Finding Bigfoot and things, stuff like that. But um, how we actually started the group, though, is once we found out that we were interested, I was working up at a local uh, retailer, and somehow we went to lunch, and, and we started you talking about... my co-worker. My co-worker, yeah. And we started talking about UFOs, and he said, uh, well, I actually saw one. He said, one hovered over our car uh, out towards Cranberry. And so we started talking, and we said, why don't we form a little, like, a study group? So it was me and my friend Dave, and it was Terry, and then our older son, Sean. It was all four of us. We started to what? We basically started to collect. That's where we started collecting the books and um, getting the magazines. And and started to research as much as we could. Uh, you know, watched all the documentaries, taped every... You know, I don't know if you saw all those old videotapes up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Those are all old, which some of the, most of them are probably won't even work anymore. They're so old. But we started to do that. And, well, we had our two sons, so we really couldn't do any In field investigations. Right. Until, like, about 2000 when we uh, uh, joined the PA Bigfoot Society. And we started to research from 2000, my 2000, 2001. We started to research all through the state with the PA Bigfoot Society. So, and then we later joined, we both joined MUFON, and you were, what was your title? You were state Section Director. State Section Director for MUFON for, what, about three years? I think. At least, yeah. And we were both we both researched UFOs. Now we're both out of out of the MUFON end of it, but we still if we get some reports we try to track them down and you know research that. Mm. And we also were in a couple ghost groups and now we just do uh, any of our ghost stuff through our Q group. So we've kinda run the gamut from UFOs to ghosts to Bigfoot to strange creatures and anything else you wanna Well, you talk know what? About. Let, <laughs> yeah, let's start with Bigfoot. My favorite. Okay. Oh, and uh, and I saw I saw that on your Facebook or yeah on your website. So uh-huh. that's kind of why I wanted to get into that because there was a lot of different. We're from Newcastle, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows that by now if they're listeners. Um, there was a lot that happened relatively cl- in the Lawrence County area and Western Pennsylvania mm-hmm. in general. Um, in 2000 in Newcastle, somebody set, uh, saw a white ape. That was a small four foot tall creature right outside of Cascade Park, the, 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 right outside of, uh, right down towards the creek, like in the back yes. end of it. I think you guys probably know where that is. I, uh... Well, this this was an interesting case too. This gentleman was fi- fishing. He was fishing on the creek and he gets a weird feeling, you know, 
uh, there's something staring at him. So he looks like, and that drawing is actually in there. I don't know if you saw it yet. Um, that's it right there. How about that? That's it. That is the four foot tall white Bigfoot that was seen uh, in Newcastle. So he sees this creature staring across at him from the creek. And they both locked eyes and he watched and I believe it had yellow eyes. If yellow that's what eyes. it is. Sometimes it's hard to remember all the particulars. But he said, this thing was real. He said, the wind blew and I saw the wind blow its hair. He said, that hair was blowing. So he watched it and... I guess he slowly started to step back, and this creature slowly started to step back into the woods, and then it disappeared. You know, into the woods. It uh -huh. didn't disappear, but right. it went back into the woods. So he got then he got scared, so he left. But um, also in uh, West Pittsburgh, I don't know uh -huh. if you saw that one. That was another one that happened. This was a, a, a boy was out with his dog. He had his dog chained out, and his dog starts barking really violently. So the boy comes and looks, and he sees this. What amounted to like a seven foot, this was a seven foot tall, white, ape-like creature. And this was interesting. This creature hopped from tree to tree. It didn't, it, it hopped. It hopped to a tree and then it hopped to another one. And he got scared. He ran in and got his mom. His mom came out and he saw this thing. She saw it and they got scared and he ran in the house. So later on they looked and it wasn't, it was gone. Uh -huh. So we got the report came to the PA Bigfoot Society. So we investigated it, <clears throat> I believe it was about, what, two weeks after? Yeah. So we set up a trail cam there. Um, and we came back in a week. We hiked the area. We didn't find any sign of footprints or anything. So nothing ever else happened. Now, that wasn't too far from Cascade Park. Uh, so you have, again, we were talking about this white creature, you mm -hmm. know, um, Lawrence County, Beaver County. Yep. Over into uh, Columbiana County, Beaver Creek State Park. There was a, a uh, uh, report of a white Bigfoot. So in a small area, there's been a lot. That's you. If you want to talk about our best case, I know you were going to ask about uh -huh. that. Our best case is those series of white Bigfoot in, in probably maybe a 40 or 50 mile radius that together as a conglomerate is our best case. I would say. Now, do you think that the white Bigfoot and the brown or black ones, do you think that it's the same species, just different colors? I would have to probably say, yeah. Because like an it, albino? That's exactly what that's I was That's what thinking. some people say, maybe an albino. Maybe it's an older creature, but oh, yeah, not, not the smaller one. It looked like yeah. a more of a juvenile. So, hey, you're, as far as that, your guess is as good as mine. It could be very, yeah. very odd, though. Very, I, I found that so odd that the amount of white Bigfoot creature sightings in this area, maybe <clears throat> one of the most heavily concentrated in the United States. I mean, it doesn't make sense, and I'm not and sure about it. when we started that. investigating these white creatures, we haven't heard about this before. Nobody was reporting these, and these are from witnesses in different areas that haven't don't know each other, haven't talked to each other. So. And we also received, and I believe it was in 2004, don't, kind of don't quote me on this about the exact dates, but uh, out in uh, Brady's Run Park, there was a person that saw one in the back of his house. He was laying on a hammock and he hears crashing through the woods. And he looks up and he sees this huge creature just busting limbs like I had mentioned about the other one. And it stopped and it looked at him and then it continued crashing and going down the other side. Well, two weeks later, <clears throat> in uh, towards Darlington, right? It was toward Darlington, mm -hmm. uh, which happens to be one of my wife's friends, saw this. The dog was going out at night to do its business and to start sniffing and looking in the air towards this this the wooded area wooded area towards this white creature and they had a dust of dawn light she was able to see this 
creature was almost basic because we investigated this about a week after she reported it. We went out there and we took measurements and she told us right exactly where this creature was and we measured it. The same with the Brady's run and it almost was identical. It was like seven foot tall. So they, she, they, we think they saw the same thing. Right. Because Brady's run to Dartington isn't <clears throat> maybe what, 15 miles? Mm -hmm. No, not even. Not even 15, no, 10, 15 miles. 10. Within like a two or three week span. Right. That's that's what's the very interesting part about this. When you start doing your detective work and you get different, then you're like, wow, it's corroborating evidence. Right. Know? Piecing everything mm -hmm. together. Um, another two that I noticed in 2003, well, that I read about 2003 and then 2007, both on Route 60. Dark, dark. These ones were dark. Brown. Yes. Yes. Uh, that that Route 60, there seems seems to be like a like a corridor where they 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 go across it or somehow they now this was on the portion of the toll road okay yeah the last one that we did okay and again for, i forgive forgive me for the dates you if you have them in front of you uh march 2007 and then may 16th 2003 those are the two that i have down i'm not sure which okay one. yeah okay. i think it was a was it the 2007 we actually investigated one through the pa bigfoot society where a dark colored creature was crossing 60 by the toll road and it was up on a hill, and we did go there, but it was like about about a week after, yeah. and it was a little bit of snow on the ground, so you really couldn't see much. But uh, that corridor on sixty, it seems to be almost like a hotbed. I, I can't explain it. That's scary because that's the way that we're going home. <laughs> well, if you Which see we, something, oh, you, we got we, we yes, you know who to call us. We went on the break. We'll be back. <laughs> right, cameras because we'll, we'll be drawing. That's a remote area, so yeah, and it's desolate for cars not too many people use that mm -hmm. road. Mm -hmm. and it's not very well lit either right yeah. which drives me crazy about any big highways now you've um we also talked about the shenango well actually you know what before we get to the shenango valley dog boy bigfoot we saw your the castings that you have mm -hmm. downstairs and i'm going to be posting them on all the pages so tell us how you got those i know you told us but Everybody well, the one that we showed you uh, that was taken uh, December 29, 1974 in Allegheny County, mm -hmm. that was given to us by a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Paul Johnson. Mm -hmm. Now, he's the one that wrote those two books that you were looking, those two Bigfoot books of PA that you guys were just looking through. And we've known Paul for, oh, geez, how many years now? 12, 13 years maybe? Probably maybe that least, long. Maybe longer. And uh, Paul donated that from his from his group. To our group and uh -huh. we do display that and uh it's one of our to me like i explained to you i we think that's one of our best evidences that is probably i always have to use probably because you don't know <laughs> right that could be from a big foot mm -hmm. the other ones we call them unknowns the yeah. other one you saw an unknown something made it we don't know what but in that case this creature was looking at a christmas tree it was four days after christmas it was a lit christmas tree and these two kids look out their window and they see this six, six, seven or seven foot tall creature looking at the Christmas lights because, you know, Bigfoot likes Christmas too. We all like Christmas. <laughs> so they got scared and they told their dad and their dad called the group at the time, the Pennsylvania Center for UFO Research. And they went out there like late, late that night, early morning, they casted that print that you saw. Mm -hmm. Now that was, remember, that was December. Your ground's starting to get hard and you saw how, how big that was and how deep it was mm -hmm. in the thing so to to me that is the best e evidence if i have to if you put a gun on my head i'm going to say that's from a bigfoot but 
The other ones I can't. We call them unknowns. Right, right. Yeah. Can we discuss this picture and um, Marty's got a picture of this? Sure. For the page. Um, this was something, it looks like October 21st of 2009, Shenango Lake in mm -hmm. Mercer County. Um, this footprint looks huge. Oh, and, and it looks very deep. It looks it looks about a good six inches deep almost. Now that that we contacted that gentleman. This was a report came into the PA Bigfoot Society, and we contacted him to try to get with him, and he never returned. Wow. Any any subsequent. Now there should be a, on the next page. There's I believe there's another more. one on the back. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Jamie and Jenny King, who you're friends yes. with, and uh, they they researched that area heavily. They're up there what two or three times a week, I would think. They, they know that area like the back of their hand, and they found some prints up there. You can talk with them about it. Definitely. Um, they, uh, that's, that Shenango Lake, it, you, you guys, have, I'm sure you've been there. It's There's parts of it that are, you know, remote and stuff like that, and it give you, you know, can kind of give you the creeps. And uh, so as far as that particular one, I show it to people, but I don't really have anything to back it up because the guy never con. We were going to go up there, but... He never returned any e subsequent emails or anything, mm -hmm. so we... The picture um, definitely speaks for itself, mm -hmm. again, with just how big it is and how deep. Yeah, definitely deep. And, like, the the toes, yeah. how pronounced they are. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it is one of those ones, another one that's weird that, boy, I wish we could have went up there and, I, you know, could have made some cast of that. Mm -hmm. Now, see, if we would get something like that now, somebody would contact us. We would probably, I'd probably give Jamie and Jenny a call and say, go check it out and cast it for us. Right. You know, because we work with them. They'll work with us. Yeah. And uh, they do a fantastic job, and you guys know. Yeah, we're going to have to get that Awesome. Involved. Definitely. Um, okay. Do you think that Bigfoot and Yeti are the same thing? Or what is the difference if they're... I, I would say that Bigfoot and Yeti are basically the same species of animal, just a little, like a little bit different or... However you want to say it, okay. yeah, I think that uh, they're based both like an ape-like, ape-like creature, mm -hmm. and the you know the, the bottomless snowman yetis over in the Himalayas, mm -hmm. and Bigfoot is our term for it. So now you were also talking about um, how, in some cases, the footprints will just stop, and we talked about them going like where do they go. And like the different dimensions. Our our friend Fred Saluga, a good friend Fred, that's what he, one of his favorite things is where do they come from, where do they go? Mm -hmm. um, now those cases aren't that, there's not a ton of those cases. We, we call them high strangeness. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there are reports of these prints going and like say in the middle of a snowy field or the railroad track that I showed you a picture of and then they stop. And there's no other way that they could, they could go because there's no other prints around it at all. Do they, are they taken up by extraterrestrials now? There are, Pennsylvania does have a decent amount of sightings that a Bigfoot's seen in conjunction with UFOs or lights in the sky. Is there a connection or is it just two phenomenon meeting at the same time? If we're visited by aliens, are the aliens just watching our interactions with Bigfoot? I mean, we don't know. Interesting. So, oh, yeah. Or are they extraterrestrial? Are they picking them up? There's so many theories about what Bigfoot could be and we never try to, we research it like it's a flesh and blood animal is what we right. tell everybody. And then we leave it open-ended because we don't know. I wish we knew. I wish I could tell you. Yeah. You know, the easiest thing to be would be like if it's just an undiscovered primate or something, then it's, but, you know. 
But for how long that they've been searching and how long that they've been digging, you would think that they would come up with bones or more or, evidence. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes. Something if it's if, if they've been around for, mm -hmm. you know. So that that's one thing that a lot of your your non what do you call it your how do you say this? Non-believers or non-believer non uh, in cryptozoology, the cryptozoologists look for an animal. They're looking for an animal, something that you can technically put on a slab and prove it. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's also the paranormal side, the quantum. Our Paul Johnson calls it the quantum. It's a quantum animal. It can phase in and out if it's seen. Uh, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, I'm, I, I re still research it like it's a flesh and blood animal uh -huh. until until I have some proof the other way. That's how I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So. Do you have anything, any other questions about Bigfoot? Right now? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break, okay. and then we'll be back to talk about the Shenango Valley Dog Boy and the Mothman. Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining Podcasts. Society-13. I like to listen. I see some people say, oh, it's nothing but a lake sturgeon because lake sturgeons can get really big. They can get, yeah. Um, or is it like a giant, a giant snake, giant eel? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. That, that's one that we really don't research much because, you know, Lake Erie's up there. There's nothing around right. us. Right, and Lake Erie is very very deep isn't it like well lake Erie is the most shallow it's one of the more it's shallow the, it's yeah. the most shallow of all the great lakes the correct great lakes, okay yeah. but i mean even still it's very deep yeah and, you know um like i always think about the ocean you know mm -hmm. and everybody is like we found this in the ocean and then you hear some people go oh that's nothing or you know it's a fish or it's this or it's that and it's like you know we don't know. We don't know what it is. Like, nobody knows what it is. They And, and the Mariana Trench, I'm always yes. reading about that. Yes, that's right. I'm and the... the sounds that they hear, and everybody's like, oh, it's whales. It, that's, like, miles down, you know? I mean, I, I don't know how far whales swim down, but, you know, yeah. I, nobody yeah. knows what's down there. There's so much of the ocean that's unexplored. I, I was Yeah, I was just going to say that. What, do we know, like, I think it's, like, 1%? We've explored 1%. Yeah, and then so I'm much. thinking about the lock. You know, in Scotland and how dark it is, so you can't really, you can't investigate all. And they say they say that there's a lot of like, so like and... caves like along. And what about the theory about the pterosaurs and the pterodactyls that have been seen? I mean, they're just an animal out of time, out of place. Could right. Loch Ness and Bessie could that be the same? Because you know, my husband and I we watch a lot of, of we watch a lot of animal documentaries, mm -hmm. and my husband loves like dinosaurs. He's so oh, fascinated me too. Me by too. the universe, and he's fascinated by, um, you know, evolution and how creatures evolve, and you know, whatever. And, oh, she and, likes you. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and um, you know, like we were talking about yeah. stuff like that, and he was like, you know, why couldn't that just be a dinosaur that evolved, you know? Or Over like years to like she said, what about like a t we call them the temporal anomalies, time anomalies? Yeah, uh, you know, you wanted that's that's always interesting. We, and what's that one fish that? The coelacanth. The coelacanth was yeah, found. I mean, yeah, that that was supposed to be extinct. In 1933, they pulled one up out of Madagascar. So see, so there you go. Now, okay, I was reading. I read so much. I read all the time about this stuff. But the megalodon is is that considered? 
There's been there's there's always been those rumors that there's like I've heard off the coast of California they've mm-hmm. seen this but how much is internet hoax? Hey, some right. sharks can get really big to begin with, yeah. like the great white and things like that. Right. But it, I mean, that one little part of me says, oh please let it be a megalodon, please. Let yeah. It be. But and then it's like, oh Brian, come back to earth, you know. Not that you know. Well, this is coming from somebody that goes out the werewolf. <laughs> you know, I mean. But boy, you just still that little kid in me. It's like, wow, I wish like oh, sea yeah. serpents. Sea serpents, not if you're gonna find something, you, better chance you're gonna find something in the ocean than in a lock. Right. Right. So, I mean, I still hold out hope there. Mm-hmm. You know. See, here's that same picture. You might want to take a picture of oh, that yeah. too, because it this one looks even deeper. Mm-hmm. Than you know. Now again, I wish we had more scale and more information on those. So, uh, you know, to say they're big footprints is I can't say that, but I, you know. It's something that I kind of show people, try to get more information. But they're just mm-hmm. unknown. Yeah. That's, you know, it's just unknown. There was a series of uh, prints like that up in, uh, was, it, was it Williamsport? Where was that reservoir up there when Rick Fisher did? You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they were a series of kind of like prints like what she just passed. Now, that snow print, actually. And uh, they were all over this uh, this reservoir, and again, my mind's failing me right now. I forget where it was, but uh, they were deep and they were in really thick mud. It would have been tough for somebody to. Some and people. There were hundreds of them hundreds around. Of them. Oh, uh, in the mud. Is this what you're speaking of? No, no, that's still no? that's still Shenango. That's same. Oh, thing. okay. Mm-hmm. But that's probably similar to what they had out on the in the east part of the state mm-hmm. in the reservoir. Oh, and again, yeah. I'm sorry right now. It just it, it slips my mind because that was so long ago. That we're, we're, you know, Rick Rick did that. Was it Waynesboro? You know, it might have been Waynesboro Reservoir. That's what it might have been. A dark form taken in Cheeseman's Farm in Portersville. Right? Now, that, 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 that's kind of interesting because Cheeseman's has a fright farm every year. Yeah. And I asked the lady who's, who gave us that picture, I says, you sure this wasn't a prop? This wasn't someone. Right. She said there was nobody there when I took that picture. I didn't see that till afterwards. That's a picture of her. That was a picture of her boyfriend at the time. And she took the picture and she says, "Look, this looks like this form wasn't on there. It wasn't like there was a guy in a bigfoot suit or an ape suit." Right. No, but when she took the picture, there was nothing else. And, in the... I, I, the only thing that kind of, if she was taking a picture of him, I mean, she, you know, he wasn't looking, so. I mean, maybe he was looking, and she snapped the photo, and he wasn't looking, and that's what she caught. But you know, um, yeah, because she was actually she said she said she was just taking pictures of like her boyfriend and other people. Oh, okay, not, just of like. Oh yeah, yeah, and okay. not until she re, she developed those pictures did she says what's this? She says when I took that picture, there was no nobody in an ape suit, nobody in all black standing there. That's what makes it. If this you and that, it's like right out in front of the corn. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, behind there, and and I even I quizzed. I said, "You sure this just wasn't somebody like dressed in a gorilla suit for the for the cheese for the right. farm?" She said, "She says, Brian, there was nobody there when she took it, except wow. right where she took that picture. It was corn, and it was him, and she was just snapping. She goes, I oh. wasn't looking for shadow figures.' She yeah. said, it just looked weird.'" Um. This, these orb photos in Conneaut Lake, were these taken anywhere near the Conneaut Lake Hotel? Yeah, right outside of the, at the park. At the park. Okay, yeah, because that, um, that is, that's yeah, haunted, Yeah, it right? is, yeah. 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 
Interesting. Yeah, we did an investigation up there. And oh, the night man. we did the investigation, we did it. We were in the park, and then the, at the hotel, we had to kind of be quiet for a little. There, there was a wedding. There was a wedding there going, so it was like. So we had yeah. to wait for the wedding to be done and over, and then people leave before we can go and do our yeah thing. And I remember us. We we were at. We spent what probably about forty minutes outside, on that walkway looking for that By the that, water. Yeah. that uh, alleged headless phantom that comes up there. So we were taking, we were just snapping pictures. We didn't get anything, you know. So speaking of haunted places, have you done any um, research or heard anything about Covert's Crossing in Lawrence County? Not until I had that post. When I did, I did that post, okay. which you guys know, and that's how you guys contacted yep, me. Yep. Is uh, there were people talking about? It. I had not heard about it because that's okay. Lawrence, and we live in Beaver. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But. No, and I guess some people were talking about some things happened out there. It's literally in like I could walk there from my well from my parents' house. Oh, so oh, okay. and that was always the shortcut to get into the Mohawk School District area oh, or okay. or Hillsville. And the, when I was little, the bridge was it was scary and it was fun, you know. So it was like, oh, you know, we get we get to go over the bridge, but. And, you know, I'm sure the people told you about, you know, the, a little girl died. Yeah, it was on the, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. if you stop the car, you know, you put your headlights just right, you know, you can see her. And what's weird is that the bike trail is right there. So if you're like walking the bike trail, you could see, you know, like right there. So it was always kind of freaky if you were, you know, just ever on the bike trail. But now, and I'm sure that, you know, that somebody stole the bridge. Did no. you hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you see a bridge. <laughs> okay, so these two guys, because they shut the bridge down because the water would get so high and it would flood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it was closed, these two guys over, I think it was like a matter of three days, just deconstructed the bridge and took all the steel and sold it. And oh, then one, one day they went there and there was like, there's not a bridge anymore. Oh, wow. I know. That's Newcastle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, they they, they, they got a pretty penny for that. I don't know if they got to keep it because they're probably caught in jail now. Yeah. But so then they rebuilt the whole, um, you know, the whole bridge. And it's not scary anymore because it used to be one. It, it was a one way. So when you were going, you had to wait and look to make sure that nobody else was coming. And then you had to go. And there was a big bump right before you would go over. So you would always jump it. You know, when we were teenagers, we've heard about car. Uh, oh, yeah. we've heard about Murder Swamp up there. I'm sure you've heard like about that. Did you ever hear about Murder, Murder Swamp? No. Um, is, it, is that in West Pittsburgh or is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where in Newcastle, but it was supposedly, I guess, back in the 1900s, they were they would like kill people and then dump them in the in the 30s, right? Yeah, and, something to that effect. Yeah. Um, is actually, that the quarries in Hillsville? Because um. <laughs> the mafia used to throw the well, I think there. That, that, <laughs> I think it was like organized crime or yeah, something okay, that yeah. would kill people. Yeah. You know, Vinny would, you know, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, uh, Patty. Um, I can't think of her last name right now. Um, but she, like, has all of these old pictures and articles and stuff about that. Oh, okay. Um, if it's what I'm thinking of. And I could have swore. I'm thinking it's, like, around... Like Mahoning Town, West Pittsburgh, somewhere, you know. It would, yeah. It's there's a few. There's just like so many places out there that are pretty remote and then swampy, Mm -hmm. and you just, you know. Oh, let's see. When we were younger, we would go out and you know drink there and you know have parties because that's 
but we did. This says where it's at. There apparently was a string of murders in the Elwood City area. Um, recently? No, this is okay. Between July 1923 and January of 1925. Um, I don't think it's it's not saying like where. Yeah, we'll have to is. try and find well, that. We'll have to look that up, though. Yeah. And, you know, what, what was interesting. interesting is when we did that, you know, we put that out there, the, re- the amount of response we got. Uh-huh. Because of that, and I don't know if we told you, we're doing a library presentation on the, uh, the Newcastle Library. Saturday, August 12th at the Newcastle Library at 1 o'clock. We, th- we think it's, if, if it's any indication, if even some of these people come, it should be a... A packed house. We're looking forward to it. We've never given a presentation in Newcastle, have we? No. We'll be there that day off. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I think what we do is the last portion when we're done, we ask questions and then we want people's, you know, feedback. Yeah, yeah. So if you, that would be a cool thing if you, if you, oh you guys yeah, want to come gonna, up for that. You'll probably, you probably get. We'll be there, <laughs> definitely. And we'll, if I don't know if you, if you guys, you know. Friend us on Facebook because we will yeah. put it on when mm-hmm. we're going to be on. Definitely. That would, yeah, that would be great. And we'll, and we'll share all of your information on okay. all of the social media pages. We want people to come to us. Huh? That's why yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So the Shenango Valley Dog Boy. Tell us a little bit about that. I know we got some pictures and, you know, we'll be posting those as well. You want to start coming with that? Go ahead. <laughs> he lets me do most of the talk. I'm trying to <laughs> get out of the talk. talk. Well, I'm good at, like, the creature stuff, but... Yeah, that started up. Uh, we met an eyewitness up at a, uh, a conference in Mercer years ago, and she claims, yeah, this this little hairy thing came up to her and yanked her arm and tried to pull her away from her mother. So we end up getting back with her, and she took us to the location, and she drew the the drawing that you guys saw, and I think you know, I don't know if you guys took a picture of that mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. Um, so we were able to get it. Uh, we did the investigation. We went to the exact area, and we were able to get it on the Monsters and Mysteries episode uh-huh. of the Shenango, you know, the Shenango Valley Dog Boy, which we showed you the, the one yep. picture. Um, basically, the, it was in 1955 when the uh, the eyewitness and her mom and I think what three or four other girls. Do you remember her, her sister and then a, a handful of other kids? Handful, in the probably they were maybe going five. They're going for a walk at night, and they heard this howl. And they turned around, and this little being was running at them on all fours. Now, the eyewitness was the last in line, so this thing came up to her and grabbed her by the hand and tried to pull her back down the other side of the road, you know, back where it came from. And her mother, the other kids started screaming, and they ran. The mother grabbed her hand, yanked it from this little thing, and the creature turned around and ran back. We... we found out through some further investigating we do believe that it was a a child who had hypertrichosis who was a little bit malformed and who lived at the house at the end of the uh at that intersection at the intersection of uh hopper road and i forget the other road we have there um so it went to monsters and mysteries and they kind of didn't do it just do it didn't do justice what exactly happened but we also found out we were up in erie uh, about a year and a half later at a, at a UFO conference and we had we we were up there for Center for Cryptozoological Studies so we had all of our creature stuff out and we had a drawing of that boy and the guy said this is what we saw in Erie I saw this as a kid in Erie 
He said, it's the Erie Wolf Boy. Have you ever heard about the Erie Wolf Boy? And I hadn't at the time. So I went back online and I posted something on an Erie forum like I did for the Newcastle forum. And it lit up. I'll have to try to maybe find it for you. And it lit up. People said, no, that was the Erie Boy. It was on Peach Street where he lived. They said that... Uh, I know exactly where Peach Street is, too. His, his mother, I guess, which is another interesting that linked them, is allegedly the, the people that lived on that, that corner, she, the woman spoke in a... Uh, was it a thick European accent? So did the lady up in Erie. Hmm. And apparently the, the little boy was kept, there were bars on the window, and the uh, there was a red light in his room. Now, the original eyewitness, when this creature came up to him, she said it looked like this creature had like pink eye. The eyes were pink. And one was drooping, if you saw in the picture. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking maybe... You know, put two and two together, this might have been the same boy. Went from Mercer up to Erie to live his last days up there. So we don't think it was a creature, like a little wolf boy or something. Right, yeah. Yeah. But that's the name of it. It was, they called it, was it, what we found interesting, in the 50s, they were calling it dog boy before the term uh, dog man became popular. I mean, it was popular up in Michigan at the time. They would call it dog man. But that dog man term came later. But then they were calling this thing Dog Boy, which we found that was pretty interesting. But it was, the you know, the the actual truth is probably not as good as the the legend up there. Mm-hmm. Right. But the other thing was was seen like in the, uh, I'm saying like the 80s to 90, mid 80s to 90s up into 2000, was the Shenango Valley Werewolf. Now, this was a taller creature. You guys saw that drawing. Mm-hmm. This thing looked like a typical werewolf, and it was about seven foot tall. It was seen by, by a group of kids and some other people in the area. And there was always, what always was said up there that there was a coven, coven? There was a coven of witches mm-hmm. who summoned, conjured, conjured right? Mm-hmm. This, you want to finish me, this creature to protect to protect them and there was actually this uh red house that this dog boy then slashed later on see how the legend continues this werewolf creature that this these witches summoned this creature to protect them that was again that's always been the rumor up there and the legend and that was one of the things that was put that's in the monsters and mysteries piece which uh uh-huh. That was more of an afterthought when I when I told them I you know we tried to explain more about the hypertrichosis but I guess it's makes a better story of course right yeah <laughs> unfortunately I mean we didn't want, we didn't portray it like that they right didn't. so speaking of monsters and mysteries another one that you ta- that you talked that you told us about was the devil monkey which I'd never heard of and then I saw the picture and I don't know if I want to know any more about it because it's terrifying. <laughs> But go ahead. I'll listen. Well, that was a, a, a series of this basically a, a bigger orangutan type, I guess an orangutan, maybe four or five foot tall creature that it, uh, it attacked this one car and it scraped this one car in the, right, right around Virginia. And um, seen several other times, it had allegedly big claws and bigger teeth and it was aggressive. Um I've I've made a may have contended could that have been like some maybe a government experiment that because you know they do experiment on primates so maybe they were doing and and I don't know because I never really looked into the whole thing was there any 
facilities around there that maybe they were doing some experiments that they shouldn't have and this thing got out. Where was this at again? Some, I think somewhere around there in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Okay. I think it was, was there a, I don't know if there's a Silver Springs or something. I wanted like to make that. sure it wasn't off of Plum Island. I was thinking more Florida because it seems like all the crazy stuff, you know. The, the, well, that's the because the crazies are in Florida too. I'm sorry. I'm not. Yeah, that that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Florida. <laughs> but it was it was it was one of those strange cryptids that you haven't heard anything else about since. So that's weird. Yeah. So I mean, again, that might be something more of the we we believe something happened there, uh, or could it have been just been somebody's pet monkey? You know, because people do buy some exotic yeah. pets. Maybe then it got out, then it got feral, and then it's, you know, it, and then maybe somebody shot it by mm-hmm. accident or something, and then all of a sudden it's done. So that's probably what ended up happening. You know, again, the story, the truth is, isn't as good as the legend. Yeah. Her sister um, does my hair, and she was telling me about this woman in Grove City that has three monkeys. We, we live in Grove City. I know, I saw years. that too. Yeah. <laughs> We never heard about that when we were there. No, I don't know if that's yeah, there or that. but I guess that they're. She said that they're really mean, and they have their own house because they don't live there. But every day, like they go and they and they feed them. But like, if we were to go in, she said that they would be like very aggressive. Well, yeah, they'll they'll like. I've heard reports of chimpanzees. Like I I remember one one ripped off a woman's face. Oh like, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah. She tried to put a sweater on him. And I mean, he ripped her face off. I mean, they look so, so cool. You want to go give them a hug, and yeah. then they'll end up tearing. I her. know. <laughs> you know. No. Um. Okay, Mothman, because that's an, that that was another big one in in this area, and then of course the movie made it even bigger. But so, what have you found? I was actually I was actually uh, an extra in the movie. I saw that. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, it was fun. Now I'm gonna fun have to there. rewatch it and look for it. Look well, for it's, it's real quick. You got to look at you know. That's all right. You have to pause. You gotta it. watch when they're coming down the library steps. Okay, library steps. Yeah, I'm on the what? I'm, a, I'm the one holding you're, the briefcase. You're walking on the sidewalk, but you the only characters see, are coming down yeah, the Yeah, you don't see my – I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm kind of far, so you just see my silhouette, and she says she knows it's me because my Fred Sanford walked away. I limp and stuff like that. So. <laughs> but it was uh, – yeah, that's one, of, that's one of our favorites too is the Mothman. Um, the story behind that is so interesting. Yes, yeah, and that, that happened uh, – the series of events happened between November of 66 to December of 67. And uh, basically over 100 eyewitnesses saw this. You saw the, what the thing looked like downstairs, a humanoid-type creature with large wings. Um, over 100 eyewitnesses saw it, and it basically culminated when that silver bridge collapsed and it killed 67 people. Now, they have a huge festival every year down there. And uh, whoever's listening to this, if you want to go down there, you have a blast. It's always the third weekend in September. And we went down last year. And it was the 50th anniversary, and it was over what? What they they 10, they guesstimated it was 10,000 people there. Wow! The two the two the three days, yeah. yeah. I mean, you couldn't even move at times down. That's how big. It, That's know. crazy. I want to uh, go down. So it, it was an interesting creature. Uh, you've seen some of the the drawings of the recent winged entities that we that we've been researching. So. Do you think that all of the winged entities are kind of r- related in in some? In some form? I, I don't know. I try to wrap my head around it. I, I, I don't have an answer. I don't. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you see some of them look like the Mothman with, they, they really don't have a neck. They're more, it's more down in the body. Uh-huh. And the one right next to you, which was sort of like a, a roundish head. The other ones are, the butler, the Chikora Gargoyle, it has more of a helmeted head, like a, 
what is it like a racing helmet, like a bicycle helmet bear. head. Uh, there's variations, but creatures like this are seen all across, all over the globe, basically. Right. Supposedly, when Chernobyl went nuclear, there was one of these creatures seen there. They call them like, uh, like harbingers of doom. When you mm -hmm. see this, something bad's going to happen. The Silver Bridge is going to collapse. Chernobyl. I don't know whether I buy into that. I just think they happen to be there once. You know, I don't uh. think that they're a cause of it. I mean, I, 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 a lot of these I can't explain. I just, yeah. tell, I, I kind of put the reports out there, and I'm kind of just as stumped as you guys are. Mm -hmm. So now, Terry, you're more on the paranormal side of everything. So, have you had any experiences, or what's some of the best stories that you've had with like aliens or and ghosts and you know paranormal stuff like that? I've had personal experience with a ghost. Okay. <laughs> It's when we were first married. Um, I was pregnant with our oldest son. And the way our house was set up, our bedroom, the living room and our bedroom here was in the front part of the house. Right across from our bedroom was the bathroom. On the hallway, um, well, that's another story. But um, I was getting up and I was going to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Being pregnant, you have to go to the bathroom. I sat up in bed and before my feet hit the floor I call it a transparency it was his aunt she had walked from the back bedroom past our bedroom door and then she went out the front door and um, right beside the bathroom we had a mirror hung on the wall between the closet door and the bathroom door so looking out my bedroom door I can look in the mirror and look up see the front door it used to be his aunt's house where we were living. So when she had became sick and she wasn't able to stay by herself, she moved next door with his cousin. And then when we got married, she rented the house to us. And um, it was in February, probably middle of February, she had passed away. Mm -hmm. And this was like in the end of February, beginning of March is when I, when I had this experience. Interesting. Wow. So that was a more positive experience. Yeah. I guess I would say. It's it was like... I didn't have any bad feelings about it. It was like she was, like she was leaving and get letting us saying, "It's your house now." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'm just checking up on everything. Yeah, yeah. But she had stayed when she lived there. She li she stayed in the back bedroom. Was her bedroom? Wow. So it was like she was leaving the house, leaving mm -hmm. her bedroom, and going on <clears> her way. I know some people who think that. They don't believe in ghosts, but they just believe that everything is demonic and that demon is posing as somebody who you may know to try and get you to do things. I personally don't believe that because I believe that there's good spirits and bad spirits out there. What's your take on that? Yeah, I've heard of that. And uh, there's possibility of that, but I think yeah, on the positive side, there are good mm -hmm. that. You know, you have family members, you have loved ones that are watching over you, that are, you have guardian angels. Mm -hmm. and... Do you think that some people cannot cross over into whether, you know, you believe in an afterlife or believe in reincarnation? Do you believe that some people can get stuck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially if it's um, someone that had a tragic um, death that 
it happened so fast, it happened so quickly that they don't realize that they're dead and they're still, mm -hmm. they're here in this realm, but they're still thinking that they're alive when they're actually not. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I, I agree with that. I think that, I, I mean, I, obviously we don't know how it happens if, you know, right. where they get stuck or, you know, like I said, if some, if you believe in heaven or hell or, you know, just the grave, but. And there are other um, reports. I don't know if you've heard of this. They call it, um, it's like a recurring event. The people, they, they're going through the motions of what they did in life. Um, like a residual. Residual, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was trying yeah. <laughs> yeah, that they're just, and it happens either a certain time of the year, a certain time of the day, on a regular basis. It just, it's like a record player that's stuck and it just keeps playing over and over and over again. When you say that, I always think of Gettysburg mm -hmm. and the soldiers yeah. and mm -hmm. the wives and the children and just, you know, going through the motions, doing what they did when they were yeah. alive. Right. Not really interacting with humans, mm -hmm. but just... But they're in their own time, their own place, and they're right. just going about their business the way they did. Yeah. It's it's sad almost, thinking that, like, you, you are must, they ever going to rest? You must have had some. Um, yeah, I've had a couple different I experiences. Um, but I wanted to, because this is something, when my oldest brother passed away, um, my sisters, myself, and his wife, we were all there with him. And um, his son was very young at the time. Um, I want to say he was about 10 um, when his father passed. And so we were all in the back bedroom with him and watched him take his last breath. And then we heard... In the hallway, in their in their hallway, um, they had a creaky floor, but it was just in one spot, and it wouldn't just creak. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would have to step on it to hear the yeah. noise, right. and um, we actually heard that seconds after he passed, and my nephew was sleeping on the couch in the living room in the front. He was fast asleep, so. I, that was kind of an odd experience. Um, you know, I, I know that my sisters and we all believe that he, um, got up to go and check on his son before he, you know, before he went. Mm -hmm. So, and that's been something that's just been kind of, you know, unexplained and it's interesting. It's very interesting. And I honestly, that's what I think. I think that, that when he passed, you know, his spirit or his energy or whatever it was had gone in to either, you know, say goodbye or to just check on him, you know, to, because we were all so concerned that he was going to wake up. It was, he was terminally ill. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were just, you know, he was such a young kid that we were concerned that, you know, we didn't want him to like see, you know, some of the things that yeah. happened towards the end of his father's life. So, um, and then I've actually had some um, experiences with my father, my biological father. He died when I was two. Um, and just little, like these weird little things have happened. I remember staying at my sister's house once and um, we were, I never knew my father, of course, because I was a baby when he died. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we were talking about him one night, just 
you know, talking about things that he did and me and them and just everything. And, um, my sister, we got up the next morning, I fell asleep in the living room on the couch and my sister had an end table and a lamp like right, you know, beside the couch. So, uh, the next morning we woke up and, and she said, what were you doing up at three o'clock in the morning? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, the lamp, you turn the lamp on. <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> I was asleep. Um, and a picture of our dad was actually turned. Uh-huh. So it was interesting, you know, but yeah. And then I've had some other ones I could go on and on, <laughs> but <laughs> I've had a few experiences myself. So I used to live at, well, me and my brother used to live at our grandparents' house. And my boyfriend at the time would come over and, you know, we would just hang out, you know, do whatever. And he'd never met my grandfather because my grandfather had passed before, uh, you know, before we'd gotten together. And we were always terrified of my grandparents' basement. Like, it was one of those with the, the circular uh, steps that goes down and then you go in and it's literally like stone. It's just all, well, not stone, just like cement and basically like rock. Oh yeah. It, you know, nothing finished. That was where the washer and dryer was. And there was a little shower down there. Um, me, we would never go down there as kids just because it was really scary. So when I live with my brother, I would do the laundry, but I would make him walk down there with me. And he knew that and he was fine with it. Well, my boyfriend at the time, he was in the kitchen and I was in the living room or something. And he comes running in and he goes, he said, there was somebody behind me. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, there was somebody behind me and they were breathing down the back of my neck. He was like, and I turned around and I saw an old man. And I said, what did he look like? And he said, he was wearing glasses. And I said, what color were his glasses? And he said, they were orange. My grandfather had cataracts, and back then, they put orange lenses into your glasses. Oh. And mm. so, I believe that was my grandfather. Also, anytime that I would, I, I would stay over there a lot when I was a kid on Saturday nights, because my parents would go out, and then I would, you know, spend the night with them, and then we'd go to church on Sunday morning. Um, whenever I would take a shower, I wasn't, well, they didn't have a, a shower head, it was just a bathtub. Anytime that we would, that I would go in there, I wasn't allowed to lock the door because you can drown in an inch of water. And, you know, so my grandma wanted to make sure that I was safe, but the lock on the door, it wasn't like a normal lock. It was one of the slide ones up at the top and the door never shut the whole way unless you locked it. Hmm. So I was living with my, well, my brother wasn't even home, but you know, my boyfriend was there. I'm like, I don't, I'm not locking the door because whatever. So I'm going to the bathroom and I hear this. And then the door opens. So I'm like, what are you doing? And I hear from the other side of the house, what? So I jumped up and I ran in and I was like, are you messing with me? And he was like, what are you talking about? And that happened actually a few times in the bathroom. So I just started leaving the door open because I didn't want them knocking, knocking and opening the door anymore. Um, they're the, downstairs the light would go on I remember we were smoking a cigarette out on the porch and the light just turned on hmm. and we looked at each other grabbed the keys and and left yeah my brother wasn't there I <laughs> called him I was like I'm not coming home tonight 
He's like, what's wrong? I was like, the basement light went on. And when my brother went home, the light was on. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I was like, really? But I think it was just my grandfather, you know, watching over. Yeah, but even still, if the light comes on and there's nobody down there, you I, know, it's, it's, it's just kind right. of like, well, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, my grandfather used to own a garage. And the one time me and my dad were in Boardman, we were coming back and somebody was at the, the new owner was at the garage. Mm-hmm. So we stopped in and it turned out to be some family, you know, that, that grew up in the same area and we knew them. So we went in and... We're looking around the garage and me and my dad both turned around and we're looking out of the garage door. So looking out uh, towards the street and then all of a sudden this bird just comes down and it wasn't a hummingbird and just hovers and was like looking at us and we're looking at at the bird and I'm like, dad, dad, are you seeing this? I'm like, do you see that? He's like, yes, I see it. And we, we stood there for probably about a good 10 seconds just staring at this bird and then finally the bird went away and I looked at him and I was like I don't care what you think but that was grandpa and he goes well that was you know he's like that that was kind of weird I'm like yeah (laughs) so that was but it was all at that one house yeah she's tell you a story about the church that we went to that well a couple years ago now yeah well we're friends with um I don't know if you're familiar with the paranormal pastor Robin Swope no well, anyway, he's a pastor at this church, and I can't remember the exact name of the I church. Forget, yeah. It's a Unitarian something in Erie. And it's not in a very good part of Erie. <laughs> but anyway, he invited us to come up to investigate because they've had things happen in the church. So we had gone up there, and it was just the three of us, me, Brian, and Robin. And he, when, as soon as we went in, he locked the door. He said, and this is when we found out, well, you know, this is... We just don't want people walking in here. So he locked the door. So we were locked into the church. There's nobody else in the church. So he's giving us a tour of the church and telling us the different things that happened and stuff. And then he said, do you want to see the original foundation of the church? And we were like, sure, because this church is over 100 years mm-hmm. old. So we went downstairs. There's a community room. And then um, the other room. Did you go down another set of steps to go down? No, to no the, just went down and just, we made a left and- it's a, like a boiler room or whatever. It's where the mechanics and stuff is, and that's where the um, you can see because they built around the old foundation. So we got a flashlight and we were able to go down. And there's this little um, like a cubby hole type mm-hmm. thing, and you can look in and see the old foundation of the church. Ooh. Well, while we're in this room now, when we come down the steps into the community room, there's the two. You know how schools have the metal doors that close, mm-hmm. but they're two heavy metal doors at the bottom of the steps that we had to come through. And then when we're in the other room, it's we're in the other room talking about, you know, the foundation, how the age of the church and stuff. We hear footsteps coming down the steps. We had just come down and it's, and then you hear the door rattle. That door starts rattling. Like oh, some, wow. like it, it was as if, if it was locked, somebody's trying to open it and it was rattling. It's clear as day. I'm like, and we're just right around the corner, and we were like, uh, Robin, you want to get that? He goes, no, keep going. He, he wasn't worried about it, and we're just looking at each other like, who's in the church with us? And then after it quieted down and stuff, he was like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what happens. He says, that was one of our spirits in the church. 
But at, at, remember, right after we were taking pictures, after that start rattling, remember, I went right around the corner, boom, and went all the way up and around. No, nobody, nobody was there. There was nobody else in the I'm church. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, maybe somebody's in the church. So right, I, I right. ran up and then. Because we, yeah, we had gone back up those steps and it was all quiet. There was nobody else in the church. We were the only ones. So mm-hmm. what does he think it is or who does he think it is? Well, we did another investigation with our psychic friend, remember, with Leah? Yeah. And uh, she claims there's several spirits there. Wasn't one of a girl, little girl? One of a teenage girl. There was one of a an um, older black gentleman that was one of the parishioners. He, um, I guess he was ill, and he, I don't know if he was homeless or if he had problems, but he would come to the church, and um, I guess that was like his home, his comfort place and stuff. But after he died, I guess he continued to come Aww. to church and. He stayed there, so it could have been any one of those. But what about the um, the other room, the nursery room, where you? Yeah, me, Rob, Terry was behind us, and me and Robin poked our head into the room. It was what the nursery room, right? Yeah, he told us about this room because sometimes the rocking chair in there would rock on its own. And we, me and him, both heard a whisper in there. I was in the hallway, so she, I. She she couldn't hear because she was, and I you know I put I I had my my recorder going, but it nothing. We didn't pick up anything. It was too low. It was like, pss, 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 pss. we're looking at each other. You hear that? Yeah. And then Robin says, well, you want, do you want to talk to us? You know, we, we tried the EVP, but it didn't work. Mm. The last time we went up, we took our, well, she was saying we took our psychic friend, Leah, and I have a little handheld thermal with my uh, phone. It hooks up to the phone. And I thermaled that whole place, and there was no, she says, remember Leah was saying, there's somebody right there. I'm like, where? We're sitting right there in that pew, because she, she can see spirit she's like the ghost like the ghost whisperer so is she somewhat of a medium yeah as I guess well? so. she's yeah. very good i'm gonna have to get her information yeah you yeah. got to get her on she's yeah. fantastic uh so i'm like where I, I pointed my thermal right exactly where she says but you know unfortunately we didn't get we didn't pick up anything but i'd say is there anybody here you know right over there I'm like, and i was hoping to get the cold spot of the hot spot or something but nothing i'm like ah because you know you, you want to validate it also with, right right with equipment because I could have just hit a thing and I could have re- we could have recorded or taken a yeah. snapshot. Yeah, when we were in the church part where the pews are, yeah. she pointed out where the older gentleman where he sat. Um, she described him <clears> and <throat> said where he was sitting, and then Robin verified, oh yeah, that's the gentleman. You know, he came all the time and he was ill and he had passed away. Like not too, it hadn't been that long since he had passed away, but she said you know that he's still there, and then she talked about the young girl. Um, the teenage girl, I think she committed suicide. Yeah, oh. yeah. And um, she was on the other side, and he said, oh, yeah, he knew her family, and, you know, that was the family that always sat over there. One of the weirdest things that I had happen is me and Terry were with another another ghost group, and I think there was just me, you, and the other person, three at that one, at the house in Rochester. Yeah. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. That was weird because they had they had they – had, did they were they living. I, I, I'm trying to. Did they living in that house or did they I, were living in that house? And I think they were renting. I don't think they owned the house. But they did. But they were having experiences, and they called, you know, for the ghost groups to have somebody come out and help them with. Because it started when they. I think the the owner of the house started doing some. Re- they were doing digging in the basement. In the basement, you, you know, you're, you're messing up there. Well, that. Any renovations yeah. or anything, if you mm-hmm. suspect that your house might be haunted, all you have to do to validate it is just 
start digging up and, you know, start, <laughs> like, redoing the up. drywall. Maybe re-roof the place or whatever and guaranteed they'll pop up. So, so Terry, I think the 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 woman, you and the, or the other person were in the house and me and the gentleman were outside. You guys were outside in the backyard. And they had one of these pools. Uh, they, they were like, a, I'm trying to think, was it hard plastic or? Yeah, it's like those. Like a like rigid sides, you know, it wasn't the blow up pools. Yeah, but it, but it was a like so three foot, a fairly large. So me and me and the gentleman and it was were, filled with water. And so I was here, the gen, gentleman was here, and this say this would have been the pool. We were far enough away. There's, I was, we were at eye contact and everything. Nobody was touching anything. All of a sudden, we're talking about what's the, he's all this stuff started happening in the house. All of a sudden, the side of that pool went down in a V. And all the water started gushing out of it. Something looked like something pressed that pool down and the water started gushing out of it. We're looking at each other like this. And then all of a sudden, it, may, it might have happened for about, I'm trying to think. And then I think you were yelling for us and yeah. we came outside. And I was like, I'm trying to think how, um, as far as how many seconds. It was like maybe four and a half to five seconds. And then it depressed and it came back up and it was like, What? Something, and it wasn't either one of us, something pressed that side of that pool down so water started gushing out of it. That and then is, it came, oh then, it came and then it came right back up like this, and I'm like... Okay, coming up, that's what's even weirder. <laughs> because it, 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 it came like up slow. Something right. down on it and then Some, let go. And then let, but no, it didn't let go. It, it went, and then it went like this, like it came back up with it. Not like you, it just popped up. Right. Mm-hmm. No, like something pressed on it until the water started gushing oh out to get our, and then it came slowly up, and then the water receded. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I didn't get it, you know, I, I didn't have my camera. I think you got, you had it inside, yeah. and I, I couldn't take a picture, and it was just, it's hearsay, but it happened, and me and him were just right. looking at each other. I'm like, oh, wow. That was the biggest thing that ever happened to me, you know, and. Well, with us, with up in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, so, we probably are going to go back up there, too. I have a question for both of you. So, um... Like with the apparitions and all of that, and even with the investigations that you might do with Bigfoot or any of the, the, the winged creatures, any of that, when you guys are doing these investigations, okay, um, if you see something or feel something or whatever it is, are you afraid? Is there any part of you that's afraid or is it more excitement? I mean, what kind of emotions do you feel the ghost, if you find the, something? The ghost, when the, when the stuff happened with the ghost... Even when I was working at a local retailer down here, uh, I was working part time, and uh, at night I closed up with the with the manager. She she would say, "Okay, go back and shut the lights off." So I would I would go back in, and it was you had to go back in and around, and it was like real tight quarters. So twice it happened to me, and I'm walking back there, and I, I see a shadow right outside of my eye, like right here. I'm like, "Whoa, what?" I thought there was somebody there. It happened twice. So I asked my manager, I said, you ever have any any weird stuff happen here? She goes, oh, you mean the ghost George? <laughs> they called it George. And apparently there was somebody, I guess, had passed away in the back of the store years and years ago. And they, she called it George. And as far as I know, it maybe it's still there. But, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, honestly, I mean, there was something on the corner of my eye twice. And I don't spook easy. And I'm just like, wow, wow. I wasn't scared, but you're walking. Yeah. You're, you're, you're thinking about going home, right? Right, right. And you, you see something out of the corner of your eye. But as far as being scared, the one, the one time, and she was there for this time, 
it was down in uh, Salt Fork State Park. That's a, a an area that's traditionally heavy in Bigfoot reports. Well, it was during a Bigfoot conference, believe it or not. Uh, there's a place there called the Handicap Shelter, where uh, it's basically just it, it goes back in the woods and it's just a shelter where the handicapped people can come. It's and a picnic, picnic area where. Oh, okay. And uh, it's paved, and then you know they have this shelter, and then there's restrooms there. It was me, Terry, and our uh, friend Dave Rupert. The rest of our group was there already. It was like what six or seven of us there, and yeah, we decided and... after the conference we were going to go out and do some night investigation. So we pull in. Now Dave, Dave, Dave drove his car, right? And we drove our car, I think, wasn't it? I don't remember. Because we got out of the car. Dave, Terry gets out of the car. She was driving. I get out of the car. Dave gets out of his car. We turn around and take, th- what, maybe three steps, and then we all went like this. We went. We were hit by something. We it all was, looked at each other, and we said, something's not right here. It was like a heaviness in the air, like something was off. It was and it was a feeling that you had. And it was intense. That, and it was, um, we're looking. We're like, and, and Dave is an experienced outdoorsman, too. And he spent all of his life in the woods. And we're like, Dave, it's, it's, it seems like something's watching us. So we're like, we went to the uh, to shelter where all the rest of our people, no sooner do we get there, they say, they all look at us, they say, something's off tonight. Something's, something's off. Everybody felt so, it. They all yeah. looked at us. They all had this look in their eyes. And I says, and Dave. And when we got to the shelter, you and Dave went along. Me and Dave went back. Line. I says, Dave, I'm going to get my thermal. Or no, no, I'm going to get my night vision and my parabolic. You have your camera ready. We walked up and down that road. And there was still that sense. And along the wood line. We're looking. We're like, if there's something in there, we want to see it. So we're looking. You know, I, I couldn't hear anything because I had a parabolic mic and you've seen them. Mm-hmm. I would have heard a, 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 a twig snap because it would have sounded like an elephant. Right. You know, nothing. But I tell you what. Probably about. That lasted about 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden, it was like Boom. somebody flipped the switch. And you're like... And it was like... You're like, wow. Like you felt like you could like breathe. The air, yeah. Everybody, everybody says... Lighter. Everybody says, it's back to normal. And and believe me, we've been out in some deep parts of Pennsylvania with a bunch of us uh, where you have to hike back in, and we've never felt that. We felt that there. And I tell people, I'm like, the, the term is like getting zapped, like these creatures can emit an infrasound. Which will make you nervous and basically you telling you to get work. out of there. Yeah, it's a, like get, their defense mechanism. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Huh. And only that one time, and, and I can honestly say, I mean, again, we've been in deeper woods way back in there and not felt, and with you know, with bear possibly around and everything, and right. we would not, none of us felt that way up until that time, and and I just say that it was, you know. One of the weirdest times that we've been on. Now, because I've never seen a Bigfoot. We've never seen any of these cryptid creatures. We heard some really weird stuff down at uh, Beaver Creek State mm-hmm. Park, which we do a lot of research down there. But uh, I can't say that we've ever encountered anything. But if I had to put money on it, there was something watching us in those woods. because, And we've been back to that area many times mm-hmm. since then. Nothing. And never had but that never feeling. Nothing. That. And we've been down and deep in the woods, down all along there. Nothing until that one time. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That is. And that would be such a such a creepy, spooky, uneasy feeling. And believe me, uh, if you like were you're, there, you're being you watched by something and you can't see. Yeah, this was late at night. It's dark out. There's 
It might have been like maybe 12, I, 31 o'clock at night. I think somewhere. there may, may have been one light in the parking lot, but everything else was dark. Yeah, just one light, I think, yeah, and that was it. One little light, and you felt it. I'm telling you, you felt it. And that's what I tell people, all these skeptics, you get your ass out there, some of these places at night, mm -hmm. and see how brave you are, and see if there's nothing out there. I think a lot of people discount the the gut feelings, and mm -hmm. it's like, that's there for a reason, you know? It's there to warn you. Right, right. Um, I have one more question, and then we can wrap up. Okay. And it's it's for the both of you. Do you, in with you know the paranormal and with the cryptids, is there? Do you think that there's a I don't want to say a kind of person, but people who are more likely to see them or more susceptible? I definitely think like with the ghosts and stuff, you know, kids, you know, more so. But in your research, do you find that if one person sees something, they're more likely to see something again? It happens a lot, more than you think. Um, we we don't know, like like with some of these cryptid phenomena, they they say that you your mind can only process what was the, what was that number? Eighty uh, percent or one hundred forty two images or something like that, but you're bombarded by thousands like you know when you look at something and maybe certain people can own, can process more maybe you can process more information than we can maybe it's in your eyes is in your retinas you know mm -hmm. you, you, maybe your eyes are you know and i, I we're, we're kind of starting to look into that but maybe your eyes are a little bit different than mine and you can sense things that we can't right especially if it's a spiritual interdimensional it can come and go Maybe you're able to see that shift. Maybe you're able to see it come in and go, but we can't. But it still might be there. So the key to it might be all that. And I tell them what you about your frequency and vibrations. Well, there are um, reports too of people in groups that are together where one person will, or a couple people might see something and the other people aren't seeing what is there. So is it in their eyes or mm -hmm. could it be another theory that I think is um, everybody – has a vibrational rate, a frequency. And we think that possibly the Bigfoot creatures are vibrating at a much higher rate than humans are. And maybe some humans are able to, that are vibrating equally to them or just as high as they are. And that's why they're able to see them. And somebody vibrating at a lower rate is not getting all that. And they still could be out there. The, like some people say. Like it could be there, but they're not being seen because you're not, at their frequency. That's right. a really interesting theory. I know. I'm so glad that I asked that question. Yeah. It's it, kind of like similar to like colorblindness. Right. Like just because you can't see blue doesn't mean that it's not there. Right. Because somebody else can see it. But at times they are they are as physical as you and me because you're you, you've seen the prints. You see, right. If, right. If that's what they are from. Right. Ghosts, you know, ghosts can leave, you know, do things. How, how, how else could a non-entity grab something and throw it? Yeah. Or, 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 you know, occasionally leave a footprint or, you know, take something and all of a sudden it reappears over there. I Move mean, a picture. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's something I've actually been um, looking up a lot lately is the poltergeist phenomena. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think that it's, it, it blows my mind, you know, to, um, I, I'll watch these videos and, and see, you know, a, a pot move across the stove and crash onto the floor with nobody in the kitchen. So, of course, you know, the... The um, skeptic in me is going, okay, where's the string? Where's, <laughs> you know, where's this, where's that? Um, but then, I mean, just to watch it, I, you let your mind go, and you're like, oh, 
oh my God, how did that happen? You know, to see spoons fly across the room mm-hmm. or, you know, you read these stories about all of this, this poltergeist activity. Um, I just think there's so much out there and we don't know, mm-hmm. but it's so cool to think that maybe and someday you can uncover this stuff. You have your own experiences. You right. wonder how did that happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to even like, even in the cryptid side, we've talked to some of these eyewitnesses that. They'll, they'll have had these sightings when they were kids or, or 20, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it stuck with them. And it sticks with them. And we've had uh, grown big grown men like have goosebumps up and down their arm. And they'll go like this and go, I can't believe what I said. I saw. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe it today. So something happened to them. So so it affected them so much. They're still showing physical reactions. Now, mm-hmm. you, you explain that to me. I mean, right. really. Right. So now that it's dark out, I'll probably look at the woods behind my house a little differently. Um. <laughs> Walking at Cascade Park will never quite be the same. No, and you know what? I love, I so want to go like where you're talking. We're gonna go some, you know, before it snows again. Sounds good. So I, 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 I don't we, know. We do, we, do, <laughs> we do believe that there's something to all these phenomena because we wouldn't have wasted all of our time, no effort, and a ton of money doing this stuff. Right. If that's what keeps us going is the mystery. See, I want to see something. I want to go out in the woods and see a Bigfoot. That's why I want to go out and see it. So I can prove to that little kid that used to watch all these documentaries that it's right. real. Mm-hmm. That's my main purpose in all of this. So, so you're always looking for stories. So yes. do you want to tell everybody where they can reach you at? Okay. Your department. We have um, our two groups have two um, Facebook pages. One's under Center for Unexplained Events, and the other is under Center for Cryptozoological Studies. And then the emails are Center for Crypto Studies at Yahoo.com and Center for Unexplained Events at Yahoo.com. And it's all lowercase letters. And if for some reason you guys are driving, this will be all over Facebook, the pop off with Martise, um, Twitter, and Instagram at Martise M. Um, that's all the questions that I have. I have a lot more, but there's just not yeah, enough I know. hours in the day. I mean, we so. could literally sit here until tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, all we could talk about it. I know. She I knows know. that. She says, sometimes you don't shut up. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. Well, thank you guys so much for welcoming us into your home and the library and showing us everything and taking the time to meet with us. Oh, no. Well, thank you. That's awesome. We, we, we love doing it. So We're, sure. We definitely want to do this again. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And sure. um, the Newcastle Library, August 12th, we're definitely going to be there. So we'll also, you know, kind of, you know, promote that with, with our, you know, That'll help. Pages right. and stuff. So. Especially like the creature reports, because, you know, especially if it's anything recent, we'll come out. Mm-hmm. Our team will come out and we'll investigate it. And that's, that's, what, that's our lifeblood. We right. love doing it. Right. So believe me. All right. So Brian and Terry Seach from the Center for Cryptozoological Studies and Center for Unexplained Events. And thanks for listening to the Pop-Off with Martise. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul 
I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.